welcome back to Too Lost. I'm Bailey. And I'm Mary. And this is our podcast all about travel. Last episode, we talked about budget travel, specifically all about flights, how to find the best and cheapest flights. And in this episode, we're going to be talking all about accommodations and things to do in the city once you get there for cheap on a budget. Yeah, perfect. So the last time we recorded, we actually intended for it to be one episode, but then we realized we had so much to share that it's really long, so we've cut it into two. So normally we would begin this with our quote, like we said we wanted to do for every episode, but I say this time we just get into it. All right, so you booked your flight, and then step two would be accommodation, which is also something that I think you should generally book about two or three months out just right. in case. Depending on what you're going there for. So if you're going there for a holiday, for example, if you're traveling summer popular for New Year's Eve, or if you're going to Ireland for St. Patrick's Day, for example, if you're going to Valencia for Las Vegas, a really big festival there, then it's important to book, I'd say, sometimes even like five months in advance because a lot of times things will be booked out really fast. Mm -hmm. So depending on when when you're going. But generally, generally I'd say about About three months out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, a few different websites we can share and like methods of booking this. But Mm -hmm. I would say I'm a huge fan of Airbnb. I can't even count how many times I've used Airbnb now. And I just think it's one of my favorite things in the travel world because it's so cool to actually go somewhere and stay and see how someone lives Mm -hmm. and they have different ways where you don't have to stay with someone if you want you can book a room or you can book a whole apartment Mm -hmm. and I found it to be generally very affordable yeah definitely usually it's cheaper than hotels and especially I want to mention especially Airbnb is good when you're traveling in groups Mm -hmm. I found because you can book a really big house or apartment with a lot of rooms or even couches where people a lot of people can sleep and I would think almost every single time it's cheaper to book an Airbnb when you're going with a large group than it is to each buy a hostel bed or definitely cheaper than hotels right right and a lot of times it's a lot nicer the Airbnb than a hotel because you have a kitchen and you have a living room with wi-fi TV and mm-hmm. it just feels a lot homier so mm-hmm. I'd say most of the time we, we like to do Airbnbs. Yeah, I think the majority we book that. And then if we're not booking Airbnbs, we're doing hostels, I guess, mm-hmm. which are also really great and affordable, affordable, especially if you're solo or there's only two or three of you, then hostels are a great option. And it's a fun community feel too. You meet more people that way. So mm-hmm. if you're willing to do that, then it's good. Yeah, and I think we are going, we're planning on doing a whole episode just about hostels, our tips for them. Um because I know a lot of people aren't maybe aren't familiar with them or they sound a little bit scary. So that will be in a future episode. But I did want to mention hostels, I think, are really, really good for solo traveling. And because you get to meet a lot of people from everywhere. And that's kind of like the best place to go if you are traveling by yourself to mm-hmm. meet people. And then another thing that's really great about hostels is a lot of times, a majority of the times, they are in the city center. Right. Like city, city center. So maybe you're not paying for the most luxury, but you are paying for a really good location. And usually you're going to be surrounded by um, young travelers like yourself. Mm-hmm. And they also have a lot of fun, cheap activities, which are also really cool when mm-hmm. you're first arriving in a city that you don't know. That's... Um, Yeah, I love that. But I've also stayed in Airbnbs that are really great about providing local tips. Mm -hmm. So I've gone in some that even had a custom map 
in the Airbnb marked with all of the restaurants and shops and sites that they wanted. You yeah, to I see. love that. Yeah, Airbnbs so can cool. be really great too if you decide to stay in an Airbnb with someone else, with a couple who's living there, or just you know anyone else, because that way you can make a local connection as well. And usually they have lots of great tips and advice to give you. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not, like Mary said. A lot of times Airbnb hosts are really helpful and will send you recommendations if you ask or they'll just have them already there. Mm-hmm. So that's another great way to get a local's experience. And usually that's a lot cheaper than going to all the touristy restaurants and stuff like that anyways. Yeah, they can kind of give you the inside knowledge. And then not to mention that, but also flexibility with check-in and check-out time. Because that's mm-hmm. one thing that I don't like about hotels is that they are normally very strict with that or you have to pay more they say for check, check in out. like 3 p.m 4 p.m check out 11 mm-hmm. like 10 or 11 but with airbnbs you can say that it's just another person so mm-hmm. if they don't need to get in there right away and then a lot of times we ask if we can leave our bags there on the day of checkout if we're not leaving the city until later and it's so convenient because then we just don't have to worry about dragging our stuff all over the city or getting a locker at the bus station we can right. just comfortably leave it come back grab it and go yeah i, I think a lot of times airbnbs are really flexible but again always make sure you look on their page because sometimes if it is the person letting you in they might have a strict schedule and they might say you need to be here before 10 p.m because we'll be you know, sleeping by then, we can't give you the keys past then, for example. Mm-hmm. So always making sure you go, you are going to arrive at a time that works forever you're booking. And that's one um, of the benefits of hostels as well is every single hostel I've ever stayed in, they'll let you keep your bags there um, before check-in time. And mm-hmm. then also the day after they always have like a big bag storage room where you can leave your bags there. If you still have one more day, your flight or your bus isn't until later, but you need to check out at 11, for example you can leave your bags there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And then another, um, since this is kind of a budget, an episode about budget traveling, another great thing we can kind of mention right here is when you're looking for accommodation, if you can find a place that includes breakfast, that's mm-hmm. a great way to save money also. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times hostels will include a really basic breakfast, but that's one less thing you have to pay for during the day, one less meal you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um so another benefit to staying in a hostel. Sometimes, yeah. a couple times, Airbnbs will have little snacks for you there that they'll leave. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I stayed in Airbnbs that came with breakfast as mm-hmm. well. And I loved that little cozy feature. Yeah, Super or nice. if you're staying with someone in the Airbnb, sometimes they'll cook for you. They'll always stay on the website. So yeah. I think that's that's another really helpful thing if you're trying to that can save you a few dollars here and there. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then if I'm not booking... And Airbnb, generally, the website I like to use is booking.com because they have also a, f- a feature on there where you can filter out and look at only hostels or look at only hotels within this budget and this many stars. So you can filter it to what your preferences are. Mm-hmm. So I love booking.com. And you can also, a lot of the stuff you can book on there to reserve, but you don't have to pay anything until you're at the property. And then for many of them, you can cancel up to 24 hours before. So if you see a really good deal and it's one of the last rooms on the site or something, you can book it there and then potentially have to cancel it later. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of jumped the that gun. That reminds me. <laughs> that reminds me that we have something we potentially need to cancel. I did. I did cancel oh, okay, it. Okay. Yeah. So I got really excited the other day as we were planning our whole Christmas break, which is two weeks and we're hopping all over. Um, Europe, which I'm so excited mm-hmm. about. It's going to be super fun. On Christmas, 
we will be in Prague and so we were looking for something a nice place to stay because it's Christmas we want to be cozy it's Mm -hmm. just gonna be us so I saw this boat hotel and I I got a little excited and I just went ahead and booked it it was really nice to be fair it's really nice pretty hotel that we both agreed we would have been fine paying the extra money to stay in for one night Yeah. yeah but the problem was we don't end up getting to Prague until really late that night and then we leave really early the next morning to go on. So it wouldn't, it's not really worth it to like literally just sleep there and not get to enjoy all of the benefits of it. Like going to the restaurant or walking around the boat and seeing everything. So mm-hmm. another time. Yeah. For sure. Another time. Sadly. But canceled <laughs> it. Was no problem. No fees. No harm done. So right. it's good. Um, another thing that we were looking into for Christmas break, which we haven't tried yet, but is a very interesting way to save money on accommodation, is the- couch surfing. Yes. And we actually know some people who have used this and use it a lot actually Mm -hmm. um it's a really really great way if you are on a budget and trying to travel it's basically a website where you can go on and people will post if they have um, a couch you can sleep on in their place or an extra bed or sometimes even if you want to bring like a sleeping bag and sleep on the floor or something which it is one of those like very low budget if you are willing to kind of rough it situations and it sounds a little bit sketchy maybe like mm-hmm. you're going to be staying in some random person's house but on the website there are reviews so um when someone people get reviews that other people leave so as a if you're traveling by yourself as a female obviously you're not going to book somewhere that has no reviews because you don't know whose house you're going to be sleeping in. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe you want to risk it, but yeah. <laughs> personally, I wouldn't do that. So if someone has like 30 reviews and everyone seems like they're, you know, really nice, then I'd say that's a really good, cheap way. Worth it. Yeah. So we'll definitely be trying that in the future, I'm yeah, sure. I definitely want to try that. And another one that I want to try is house sitting, which I think sounds so interesting. There are a few websites out there, which generally you have to pay a membership fee um, for the year for them. But it's cool because you're just going to take care of someone's house. So if you want to stay a little longer, I don't think this would work as well for just a couple days stays. But if you wanted to stay somewhere for a week or more, um, people will post and maybe you need to take care of their dog and their cat or their horse, whatever, or water their plants. But it's a really cool way. It's free. Um, well, free to stay, but you just have to pay for the membership fees. Mm-hmm. And then kind of going off of that, something that I just got reminded about is I know there are websites where you can do a house exchange that mm. some of our family friends have done. And this like could the be holiday. A, yes. Our like favorite our movie. favorite movie, <laughs> the holiday. Um, if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. It's such a cute Christmas movie. Jude my Law. favorite one. Yes. <laughs> the best part of the movie. Um, but basically there's, um, some websites where you can post your house online and kind of do like a house exchange. So people will come and stay in your house. Maybe they're from France or wherever they are. And then they'll let you stay in their house either the same week or same month, however long you decide to do the exchange for, or it can always be a different time as well. So I have, we have some family friends who have done this and they've actually met some really good connections that led to, um, us having a foreign exchange student from Switzerland. So yeah, it's a great way to make connections and also a great way to have a whole house to yourself for however long for free. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, this also made me randomly think of how when you're going to book 
accommodation, I think it's important to read up on the neighborhoods that you're staying in Mm -hmm. and consider how far you are from the airport or from the attractions that you want to be close to. Because again, maybe you're going to be saving money staying at this Airbnb that you found that's like 20% cheaper than the others, but actually it's so much further from everything you want to be doing Mm -hmm. that you're going to be spending money traveling back and forth from that. So I think that's important. And then it's cool searching online or in those Facebook groups. I I love women who travel and girls love travel. And I like to search specific cities that I'm going to and see what people recommend. Because uh, when I went to Paris, I think maybe a year or two ago, uh, we had been uh, recommended to stay in this neighborhood called Les Marais, I think it's called. And I enjoyed it so much more. It felt more local and just a different vibe than where I, I had stayed before. Mm-hmm. That's a really good tip. And kind of going off of that, I guess we can kind of transition into using um, local and public transportation to get around. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when you get to a new city, you just arrive, you're at the airport, the train station, wherever you are, there's all the taxis lined up outside. And it's like kind of the easier way just to jump into a taxi and tell them the address and go wherever you need to go. Or a lot of times cities have Uber, which is a lot cheaper than taxis but a lot of times here in europe they don't always have uber mm-hmm. they'll have it usually in like the bigger cities like london or it's hard to find Paris. in spain yeah but in spain it. it's kind of rare for them to have uber mm-hmm. so something that we have we usually tend to do is just use the local transportation there's usually always a bus stop right by the airport or right by the train station maybe you need to walk five minutes but a bus ticket is generally around one or two euros Whereas maybe for a taxi, you're going to pay 15, 20, 25, 30, however much. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a really great way to save some money just by using whatever public transportation there is, which Europe is known for their really great public transportation systems. So Mm -hmm. a lot of cities have, you know, uh, basically every city has buses everywhere. And then a lot of cities will have the underground system, you know, even metro What's yeah. the, uh, the one that's uh, The tram. The tram. That's mm-hmm. what I was trying to think of, the tram. So, mm-hmm. yeah, lots of different options to take there to save some money as well. Yeah, super helpful. And I always just use Google Maps for that. You can find the times, and then sometimes they'll have the price posted as well. Um, or just Google it. A quick Google, I guarantee if you're in a popular city, someone has already written mm-hmm. online, take this bus, it's this much, it's way cheaper than a yep. taxi. So much easier. Another app that's helpful specifically for, I think it's for buses, but they might also have trains, is the app called Move It. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good one if you're looking for bus timetables. They have... Um, I don't know if it's, I think it's not just for Spain. I think it's for everywhere, but they'll have all of the different times you can leave and which bus. So that one's a little bit more specific than the Google Maps, which Mm -hmm. Google Maps gives you a really good general overview. But maybe if you want to know when the bus is, you can get the Move It app, which I've found is sometimes a little bit more helpful and a little bit more reliable than Google Maps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love that. All right, so now you've booked your flight, you've made it to your destination, and you affordably got to your Airbnb, hostel, wherever you're staying. So now, how can you stay within budget and have fun and see the city? Mm -hmm. So one of the things we always, always, always do that we love is the first day we're generally in a new city, we will do a free walking tour. So how these work, I'm pretty sure every city has them, basically Mm -hmm. every city, unless it's like a really small remote city somewhere, but all the major cities will have one. You can just Google free walking tours. A lot of the times, a lot of the time hostels will 
have a free walking tour already so you just meet in the lobby and they'll go from there but there's always bigger companies that do a big tour you meet at a location at a certain time it's with a tour guide who lives there they're always offered in spanish english sometimes french um so there's always an english one that's offered and basically how it works is they're usually tours around the city that last anywhere from two to three hours you get to see all of the main parts of the city and learn a lot about it. And then at the end, you just give your tour guide a tip. So it can range from generally five euros to mm -hmm. 20 euros, however much you feel the tour was worth or however much information you feel like you got out of it. So that's mm -hmm. the best thing that we like to do because it's basically free or very little, costs very little. And it's a great way to spend a lot of time learning about the city. And then from that, we usually get a lot of great tips from the tour guide on things that we can do later so sometimes maybe right. we'll see the outside of a really pretty museum and then we can write that on our list that we definitely know we want to go check that out later yeah it tends to be kind of a general overview of the location and then usually the guide will either offer to give you a whole list they'll say i'll email you a list of places you can go or just stop at and ask them after the tour is over say hey are there any restaurants or bars you really recommend and again you're getting a different local feel with that and that's a good way to figure out ways to save money and get to see something kind of different in mm -hmm. the city yeah so um along with the free walking tour we like to go try to do as many of the free like take advantage of the free things cities have to offer so a lot of time that means going to museums um just walking around parks. sometimes parks. Love parks parks are really fun or just walking around and finding really pretty streets we both like to take pictures a lot of the time so just finding a really picturesque street with maybe really colorful houses or really old wooden houses um obviously it doesn't cost anything just to walk around so just walking around and seeing what you can see of the city on mm -hmm. your own is also a great thing to do that costs nothing. Yeah, I love that. And I would say we're also big foodies. Um, we get so excited for a good brunch or a beautiful view from a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And that can add up quickly if you're eating out for every single meal. So in case you didn't bring the budget to do that, then I think it's nice how we will eat breakfast either at our hostel or the Airbnb and then go out for a nice brunch. And then later in the day, if there's a restaurant with a beautiful view or something interesting we want to see, we go and split something or have just a drink so you can sit at the table and enjoy it and don't necessarily have to pay for an entire meal there. And we're also really good about sharing stuff, mm -hmm. so that's fun. Yeah, that's kind of something that some restaurants might frown upon. Um, we've <laughs> yeah. done that kind of, I'd say, a lot uh, recently we went to Granada and there was a beautiful, really, really nice restaurant. Their food was really expensive, but it had a super amazing view of La Alhambra, which is, if you don't know, it's like a big fortress in Granada. It's like the main thing to see beautiful. if you're there. Mm -hmm. So we went there and, um, I didn't think, I don't think they really loved that we were sitting there just for a drink, but we did order enough that we weren't, you know, just taking up a table. We ordered enough, but that's one way to see a really great view and have a really nice restaurant experience without paying a lot of money. If you mm -hmm. just go for drinks or appetizers and then you move on to a restaurant that's a little bit cheaper after mm -hmm. for the actual dinner. So I kind of already mentioned it already, but a good way to save money is by eating at home. And so obviously if you're in an Airbnb with a kitchen and a fridge or you're staying in a hostel and they have the community kitchen, stop by the grocery store and pick up some 
food beforehand and have breakfast or snacks at home. And that's also one of my favorite activities to do anyways is go when I'm in a new country or a different city, go to the grocery store Mm -hmm. and see what they have because it's so fun to compare to stuff that you have at home and you'll find all these different products that maybe you've never even heard of. For example, quinoa milk in Spain. Mm -hmm. Disgusting purchase that I made. was determined to finish all of it, but intriguing. Yeah. So my point being, you don't have to eat out for every single meal if you are willing to compromise a bit and just eat at home. Yeah, and that. you don't need to eat at home for every meal, but maybe, you know, one meal a day you can make something at home or even just buying snacks from the grocery store. That's another good way because, you know, when you're walking around and you're getting hungry, that $5 bag of chips looks really good. But if you go to the grocery store beforehand and you have some snacks with you, that's kind of a good way to not give in to those tempting, really expensive street foods you might see somewhere. Mm-hmm. Not that street food is expensive, but it's, <laughs> it's cheap, usually yeah. cheap. <laughs> and then activity-wise, um, after the free walking tour, I like to go look on Airbnb experiences because we found some really fun things on there and they are generally affordable depending what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's another great way to kind of get more of a local experience because it is with locals who live there and they might take you for example on their boat or on a really cool exclusive hike that maybe you couldn't find yourself Mm -hmm. and that's a great way to get again more local tips from them what they recommend which is generally always going to be cheaper than if you're going to like the really touristy restaurant in the city center Mm -hmm. love that and i also have used the website viator a few times And that's a good way to find different tours. Like one time we did one in Tuscany. It was wine tasting and it was super affordable. I read all the reviews before. It was really great. And so I loved that. I think that's a really easy way to do it as well. Mm -hmm. So another great thing about meeting locals is a lot of times they'll give you some insights on some secret local tips. So a good example of that was Mm -hmm. when we were in Vienna, Austria last year for Christmas we had a friend who was traveling with us who actually had lived there. So I guess she was kind of more like our local guide, but we found out that um, there was a way we could get tickets to the Nutcracker Ballet at the beautiful opera house. It's a really, really famous opera house in Vienna, super elaborate and really nicely decorated and tickets usually run about a hundred euros, I think Mm -hmm. to see an opera or ballet or anything. But we learned that there was a way where if you stood in line, they sell a couple standing tickets, not a couple, like probably 200, 300 standing standing tickets the day of. Mm -hmm. So we did that last time we were in Vienna and I think it was seven euros or four. How much was it? Yeah, four euros or something, but we had to wait four hours in line, I think. (laughs) But for us, that was part of the experience. We were talking to people in line. We made friends with this other auxiliar, Mm -hmm. made friends with a very interesting man um, (laughs) that is going to be a story for another time. That one went a little sour later, but (laughs) point being that it's, Um, if you're willing to spend a little longer in a line or maybe walk a little further to something, you can definitely save a lot of money, like listen to the local tips. Right. So to wrap this up and kind of conclude, I'd say the general theme of traveling cheaply is really being flexible and maybe knowing that you're going to kind of have to give up some of your luxuries if you want to travel cheaply. So with the couch surfing, maybe you'll have to stay on a couch, but maybe that's saving you 50 euros a night and kind of way is that worth it to you or maybe staying in a hostel or like we said when we were in Vienna we waited in line for I think about four hours but we got a ticket for four euros instead of paying a hundred euros so kind of things like that just 
weighing your cost versus, I don't know, kind of being flexible and weighing your options to mm-hmm. see yeah, decide what, what you want to spend money on and what aren't yeah. as important to you. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And so th- I would say just don't let um, not having a ton of money stop you from traveling because there are ways around it. And every day they come out with more and more websites, apps that are going to help you find ways. Mm-hmm. So I say go for it, save up a little money enough, and then make your budget work and go see the world. I love that. Okay, so I think that about wraps up this episode all about budget travel. We hope that you found something helpful or useful. And if you have any travel tips that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, please let us know if we're missing anything because we always love to share and hear um, different ways that we can save money and keep traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, so next episode is going to be all about the Auxiliares de Conversación program in Spain, which is the program we're currently participating in that allows us to teach and live in Spain. And we are loving it. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to share with you in case you're interested in participating it in it as well. The applications open at the end of January. So give it a listen. And even if you maybe don't think you want to apply and you're just curious about what we're doing over here, um, tune in next time. Yeah, I love that. All right. See you next week. Thanks for listening.